Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we get a week one training camp recap from Paul Edmonds, the voice of the Winnipeg Jets on CJOB. We'll also check in with Winnipeg's own Jeff Gray, offensive lineman for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, on why he decided to come back for another season with the blue and gold. That's all on the podcast. And the upcoming NHL season, which starts next Thursday, Calgary at Winnipeg, right here on CJOB, and the man calling the action is Paul Edmonds, who joins us now on the show. Paul, how are you doing tonight? I am top shelf, Christian. How are you? Sounds great. The quality of the connection. Got to love that. Technology these days sounds like you're right here. <laughs> well, Kelly Moore walked me through it today because I'm all thumbs when it comes to technology, but simple and easy, and he assured me if he could get through sort of the tutorial, then I could do it as well, and he was right. I will no comment on Kelly's technological skills, but we'll get to the <laughs> training camp that uh, we have an off day tomorrow. So we're through five days, basically halfway through, almost more than halfway through the training camp so far. What did we learn today, Paul? Well, I think what we learned today is what you've talked about quite a bit, and that is Josh Morrissey is ready for sort of the next step in his career. This is his fifth year. As a full-time NHLer, he wears a letter. And last year, there was a big step for him to take. And I think, admittedly, both by the coach and by Josh, that he struggled a little bit with the focal point being in on him as their top defenseman. And a big contract with that as well, and you try to do too much. I think Paul's line about the simplicity of the game and when veterans learn to play that simple style it usually means that they're going to produce more and Josh I think understands that he wants to be a driver on the team also understands that he wants to make whomever he's playing with on his right side presumably a better defenseman as well so I think we learned that Josh Morris he's ready for a step and that will be good because there's a real focus for the Winnipeg Jets to get better defensively and that not only is with the defenseman and the goaltender, but as the five-man unit working in unison, including the forwards. And Paul's been talking about the two centermen that they've acquired as well, and Stastny and Nate Thompson, and how they're going to help the whole defensive scheme. But I think it's really going to start with Josh Morrissey and then Neil Pionk and, and how those defensive pairings shake down. There's more size and speed with them. There also, I think, is an element to the fact that the Winnipeg Jets just look like they've come into camp in pretty good shape here. It's been quick. It's been spirited. It's had pace all week. It's had tempo. They've got some real good, I guess, systematic play down the last couple of days. They've worked on the specialty teams the last two days. So I think if you asked Paul Maurice if he was happy the way this thing was trending, he would simply say yes. Now, I've heard from multiple accounts that the the pace has been so different between this camp and the one we saw in the summer, which was going into the playoffs. Why do you think that is? I just think because there's no fear of the unknown. I mean, this is the second time they've been in this environment, Christian, and they understand how to handle it better, right? When you have some experience to draw on in the back of your head, you're always going to handle the next time around better you're going to have it you're going to be able to handle it with more aplomb right there's no more nervous energy because you don't know what's going on 
there's a, a focus on what you need to do. Uh, everybody understands sort of the protocols, the safety measures. Everybody, I guess, kind of gets to the point where, um, okay, I just fall in line. This is what I need to do be, to be able to play and go on the ice. Okay, let me do that. And it's just, it becomes part of the job. So you understand that. And I, I think because of that, they are a little bit more comfortable in this environment. And the fact that it's a 56-game schedule as well. This isn't, you've got to win this series against Calgary coming up with an exhibition game against Vancouver, otherwise you're out. And that is exactly what happened to the Winnipeg Jets. So there's not that fear going in because you don't know what's going on or how this is going to roll out. There's also the opportunity ahead that says we've got some time to maybe get some things figured out. We're going to play 56 games before we get into the postseason if we're fortunate enough to get there. So I just think all of those things combined help make this a little bit more of a focal point on what they're trying to do individually and as a team and in structure and not worry about what they don't know and how this thing's going to unfold because they have a pretty good idea because they were one of those teams that were involved last August in the postseason. You mentioned they're worked on special teams a bit more today. Is the power play unit set, or are they still trying things out there in terms of combinations? Well, I think it's the latter. Um, You know, the, the number one unit today, and Paul Maurice kind of joked about this, it was a flippant, remarked that he said that the penalty kill units looked a lot better than um, and much to the chagrin I think he said of the of the power play units meaning that he was more impressed with the way they were killing the penalties on his power play than than the power play actually putting the puck behind his penalty kill units so in saying that you're going to have that number one unit and it's going to be Neil Pionk up top with Blake Wheeler and Patrick Laine on the flanks, down low on that bumper position, you're going to have Kyle Connor, and then in the middle it's Mark Shifley. So that's become pretty predictable on your number one unit. The number two unit today was, and I don't know whether they're kind of operating this with the idea of a placeholder in mind, but it was Nikolai Ehlers over on the one side. It was Josh Morris. He's the left-handed shot up top. It was Paul Stastny over in the Wheeler spot. And then you had Matthew Perot kind of down low. And then they were kind of working in some of the members of that group one power play unit. So Blake Wheeler took a turn as being the fifth guy on the second unit. So did Patrick Liney. So did Mark Shifley. So I don't know if they're going to try to double up some of those players on the second unit or if, in fact, you're going to see maybe a guy like Adam Lowry or Andrew Kopp, who both killed penalties today, maybe assume one of those spots in the second power play unit, but they couldn't do both. So the guys that were coming off of the first unit to go into the second unit today, if you're still with me, might have been just placeholders. Or we could look here and maybe surmise that they're trying to change some things up and maybe there's going to be a guy or two that gets some extra minutes on the power play as being not only power play one and power play two, and then maybe back to five on five. So I'll look for that a little bit for, a little bit further and, and into the future as we go along onto Sunday and then into next week because it's going to be a component of every practice and workout that they have. Paul mentioned that yesterday. Um, but it will be of interest to me to see how the power play configuration is set, especially for unit number two. Talking with the voice of the Jets, Paul Edmonds, here on the CJOB Sports Show. I remember earlier this week, after the scrimmage, there was a lot of buzz about that uh, Thompson-Lewis 
Jansen-Harkins combination, and unfortunately we haven't seen Harkins since then. Do we know anything about why he's been listed as unfit to practice? No, and that is something that, I mean, even the media, (laughs) we're not asking questions about it anymore because we've been conditioned not to ask questions about injuries because of uh, sort of the, the stigma that's gone along with COVID as well, right? And Paul has just flat out said, listen, I'd love to give you a bit of a nugget on what's going on with the player, lower body, upper body, whatever it is. I just can't. It's just league rules that I just can't let you know what's going on with injuries. He did sort of hint earlier in the week that that might be lifted or there might be a little bit more latitude going forward. But for this week, that he was not allowed to say anything. So nobody even asked about Jansen Harkins missing the last two skates because, quite frankly, he was dynamite on Wednesday with that line of Nate Thompson and Trevor Lewis. They pushed the pace. And if that's the fourth line for the Winnipeg Jets, and don't get me wrong, Matthew Perot factored into that today as well, and he returned after missing three straight skates with Group 1 or the main group and really didn't miss a beat. If that's your line where Paul has that maturity and that veteran presence on that fourth line, then Paul's going to be very happy about what he's going to be able to do and the types of situations he can get that fourth line into. Because overall, if they can play a few more minutes, that shaves a few more of those sort of tough minutes off of your top two lines, which only bodes well as you get further into the season and then presumably into a postseason. So you'll know when the Winnipeg Jets have really arrived is when they have and have become a four-line hockey team. And right now, from what I've seen, and it's only against your own teammates in that, but what I've seen from Nate Thompson, Trevor Lewis, and Jansen Harkins, and or Matthew Perot, is it's going to be a line that I think would rival the New York Islanders, who always seem to be able to throw out four lines at you and have a fourth line that's just as good as their second or third line um, at times. So we've got a few more skates. The Sunday skate is at the Iceplex, and then I believe they move downtown to Bellamtia's place to get ready for the season opener Thursday. What are you looking for next week from the team to suggest to you that they're ready to go? Well, I think you're going to be looking at a little bit more of the personnel. Okay, Paul was asked today about the taxi squad. So... You know, how does that shake down? And you'll get an idea of the guys that they want to have there. Paul said that he doesn't want young players watching hockey this year, meaning he doesn't want to relegate anybody that might be on an entry-level contract or presumed to be a prospect watching hockey. So we'll be looking to see who's going to get most of the reps if there's some players from that Group 2 that elevated into that Group 1 area or if, in fact, what we saw today, barring any injury, is what you get with the exception of Jansen Harkins presumably returning. The other thing is, again, power play, penalty kills, specialty teams. And then I want to see if there's any new wrinkles in sort of their defensive schemes. Um, They were working on some things today. They did a line change drill in the midst of a sort of a, a regroup at a neutral zone Uh, pressure drill today as well. Those are the types of things that I think in Paul being asked about how the team's going to get better defensively, these drills are designed for the systematic play that they want in order to play not only inside their own zone, but pressure the puck when they don't have it in the neutralized and in the the forechecking zone. 
And then if you have to get into your zone, make sure that you're doing the right things to get possession of the puck so that you can get yourself out of your own zone as quickly as possible. So those will be the types of things that I'm watching is what kind of drills they're going to be doing and what kind of drills they're doing in, in fact, to help and, and represent what they want to do defensively, Christian. Well, Paul, it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking very much forward to the game starting on Thursday, which is a few more days to go, less than a week. Looking forward to that. Paul, appreciate this. Have a good weekend. My pleasure. Anytime. Talk to you next week. Now I want to talk about the four Winnipeg Blue Bombers who were re-signed today. You heard from Jackson Jeffcoat earlier on in the show. Also, Shane Gauthier, who made the incredible play in the West Final to track down Nick Marshall and make sure he doesn't score a touchdown on that fake punt return. Toby Antigua, who was signed as a free agent a month, about a year ago, just shy of a year ago. And Jeff Gray, University of Manitoba grad, member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and he joins us now. Good evening, Jeff. How are you doing? Good. Yourself? Doing well. How does it feel to be secure for 2021 with Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Yeah, it's great to uh, be back. I That was always my intention to uh, to stay at home and be back with the Bombers, so it's nice to, to have that done. You can't exactly breathe too easily because there's still a little bit of uh, uncertainty with everything and all that uh, to keep that in mind. But, uh, no, it's, it's great to be back with the Bombers. Yeah, we're operating on the assumption that there will be some kind of season in 2021, not necessarily a fully normal season, but the CFL is going to do everything it can to, to have a 2021. So for you, what was 2020 like without football? It's definitely – uh, an adjustment for sure. That's that's the longest I've gone without football since I started playing it. So it's definitely definitely a different feeling. It was uh, it was a bit of frustration for sure with just the uncertainty with how things were going to be handled. But uh, I was able to keep myself busy enough with training and and with school. So I'm just trying to make the best of what it was. Do you feel like you were made productive use of your time? Yeah, I think I made as good a use of my time as I could. Uh, like I said, I had a lot to do with, with school because I am working on my master's right now. And then in terms of training, I mean, it, it's not like you're going to get 100% stronger at this point in time. If, uh, if that were the case, then uh, I would look a little suspicious. But, uh, you know, I stayed in good shape as best as I can, and it will just be more a matter of uh, football-specific drills and stuff, which you, you can't really simulate on your own. Well, for an offensive lineman, there's a lot of matchup stuff you got to work on, right? And going up against a live body. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not going to uh, really be able to simulate it, that at home, so that's that's unfortunate. But I'm sure we'll come back quick when the time comes. When you're looking at training, when you don't know when the next game is going to be, you you obviously don't want to go super hard, right? Because you want to kind of maybe keep a steady level as opposed to just going for it. And then all of a sudden it's, it's October, 2020. And you're like, well, I'm not, I don't have another game for nine months. So what am I doing? Yeah. I think just consistency is a good thing just to keep some semblance of a routine, especially for a lot of, a lot of people, football is the main structure in their day-to-day life. So then when that's taken away, whether it's football or whether it's your, your regular everyday job, you still need to maintain some semblance of structure and routine. So I think that's the biggest thing with training. 
and I take it you were in Winnipeg pretty much the whole time here? Yeah, yeah, I have a place here, so I didn't go anywhere. Were you able to, at least when restrictions allowed it, spend a lot of time with family over the year? Yeah, I mean, when I'm able to, I can. I don't, don't live too far away from my parents. So, But, you know, when the restrictions are in place, it is what it is, and you kind of have to just stick with them. So looking ahead to 2021, let's say there is a season, how do you feel your role on the team will differ or be similar to what it was in 2019? It's really, it's uh, it's hard to say how things will all shake out, but uh, I mean, because it, it depends on a lot of things. There's still a few guys who are, are yet to resign. Ideally, everyone is back, and uh, really all I can expect is I just want to have a good solid training camp with no no major hiccups uh given the break so as long as i'm happy with how i'm doing i can't really put too much pressure on myself or any concrete expectations for the upcoming season how would you describe 2019 for you uh it was uh it was like that's the first time i've ever won a championship so I mean, that that is really kind of my takeaway from the year. I haven't really spent too much time reflecting on my own own personal play. I, I think I did well, and uh, it was just overall it was a great experience for the year. How do you stay in close contact with the offensive line group over the time that you haven't seen each other? Yeah, I mean, we talked to each other here and there. We had a like a, a Zoom meeting kind of earlier in the spring. It's been a while, but I think things will pick back up, I think, with some re-signings and kind of as we get closer to it, I think things will pick back up a little bit more in the social sense. Right. What What's your master's on? Uh, I'm doing mechanical engineering. Okay. And why did you want to do that? Uh, well, that was what my undergrad was, and uh, I had some more research focused experiences in my undergrad and it it's uh it's it's relatively flexible football schedule so mm. it's something to work on in the off season and i'm just it's something i'm very interested in so as much as i like football you're not able to play it forever and there will eventually be an end so kind of need to have some something else and uh it's just something i enjoy and where did that love of engineering come from I'd have to say I've always been mathematically inclined, and it just seemed like a kind of a practical extension of that. Okay, and it's a lot of work, isn't it? The the schooling for engineering. Uh, I mean, a- anything can be a lot of work, or if you enjoy it, it's not too much work. It kind of it just depends on uh, your aptitude towards it. I-, I wouldn't say it's unmanageable, but then again. I find it interesting. So if you're interested in reading about something, you don't really see it as work. Right, fair enough. And I, I asked this of other teammates of yours throughout the week, but did 2020 give you a look into what life after football could be like, or are you not there yet? Um, I mean, regardless of what happened with the whole COVID situation, I would have been working on my master's in the off season, anyways. That's something I had started uh, the previous year. So that hasn't really changed my outlook on things. I've had more time to work on it, but, 
I mean, it's kind of, I had all, it's just been a longer off season as opposed to something completely new, if that makes sense. Sure. And before I let you go, the five or six months remaining before, let's say the CFL does happen. What does the training regiment look like for Jeff Gray? Do you start ramping it up at a certain point? Um, I, really the biggest thing that will be the change my training is, is the weather is, you can't really run outside right now in any practical sense for football. So as things get nicer in the spring, uh, then I'll look to kind of get on a field outside because um, like I, have a, I have a pretty convenient home gym set up. I was able to borrow some weights from my weightlifting club. So they were kind enough to lend those to me. So I have weights set up in the garage. It's just running, which, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go plow the field. Uh, just quite yet. All right, Jeff. Well, I appreciate your time tonight. Congrats on the new contract, and uh, hopefully we have real football to talk about in a few months. Yep, fingers crossed. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?